Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Marantz. We're throwing down the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart, SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. You can uh, tune in weekdays at 6 uh, right here on your favorite uh, local radio station or the website at SportsGrid. I am Gabriel Morenci at the Sports Rage, my Twitter handle, at Cam Stewart Live for Cam Stewart. Um, all right, I want to get back uh, to the National uh, Football League, uh, but uh, we were talking about you know, Vegas opening up again, or at least they want to. There's a push to, but, you know, it's interesting, Cam. I was reading about um, about uh, Disney World in Florida and the big compound uh, there in Orlando where you and I were. We weren't at, uh, we weren't at Disney, but we were in Orlando. And they're thinking, actually, they might be closed all the way to 2021. Like, they're not going to try to, like, bring people in, they're worried about lawsuits. They just can't have that many people on their property. And they understand that for a while. Vegas doesn't seem, you know, the mayor of Vegas, like she's lost her mind. Oh yeah, that interview? <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like local. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but they want to open up responsibly and stuff. So you got to wonder about the future of gaming. And I wonder about the future of sports as well. Do you have sort of plexiglass partitions in between every seat? Or, you know, people are going to have to get used to a new reality. And you look in Vegas, so basically that's what their plan is. They put up, like, plexiglass in front. So you sit down at the chair, and there's plexiglass in front of you, and there's plexiglass on both sides of you. Very reminiscent, uh, Cam, of, like, a, a jail visit call. You that's... sit down, and, you know, you're, you're looking at someone on the other side of the plastic. Yeah, you said it to me. That's the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, so, oh, I got a call from uh, in jail. Thank God. I haven't talked to somebody. They've been talking to a dealer. Yeah. You're at the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stand, stand. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 17, stay. No, I, I looked at it too, Gabe, and it just looks so weird. Like, yeah, the glass is there. And let's, let's think about this too. If you're building these new facilities with glass, think about how long that's going to take for like 17,000 seat arenas putting plexiglass. You think you're going to do this overnight? That is a big undertaking. And to your point about Disney World, they'd have to get, uh, wait that long too. Think about how much square acreage that place is. There are so many things you'd have to wipe down, like how many right, toilets, taps, whatever. They can't do it. So I'm with you on that one. And as for the blackjack experience that you sent me, that doesn't look like fun to me. So I can't have any fun. I got a, I got prison glass in front of me. I'm sitting around. You I got to wear gloves because you yeah. don't want to be touching the cards and exactly. the chips that everyone else is touching. And then the thing, is, the thing is, Cam, so you're wearing the gloves, but you're touching the chips and stuff and the cards. And then what? Your glove's touching the drink, and then your glove is contaminated. You know what I mean? And anytime you touch anything, like you can't touch your face ever. By accident, you're going to be gambling. You're going to be like, oh, God, I just rubbed the virus on my forehead. That's the thing. And you do stuff like that, right? Like when you're playing blackjack, you're thinking it's hard not to touch your face. And I love Vegas. I live there. I love casinos. Mm -hmm. I'm in no hurry, like right now. Like basically, if they said, like, yeah, we're open this weekend, I'm not going. I'm not going and sitting at a blackjack table. Why? Like, why? I can, I can bet online. Like, I don't need to go there. Like, the whole reason to go to Vegas was because of the pool parties and because of the UFC events and, and the fun on the strip with everybody. It was the people, you know, part of the experience. Fremont Street. 
Imagine like the virus like pit that Fremont Street would be, Kev. 100,000 people walking oh, on that small street. Oh, that, my God. Oh, All I the know. old people and like, oh. That's a cesspool of germs. And I will say this. So basically they have these, Gabe, you know those uh, electronic dealers with the hot chicks, virtual blackjack? I say that's where casinos are going to be going now. Yes, sir. A bunch, yeah. Of, yeah. A bunch of people kind of sit, because with those kiosks, I guess you could sit across, you got the button, hit me, stay, double, with the hot lady going, what are you going to do? You're right, those things thing? are pretty big. They're like mini spaceships, they're right? Kinda, so yeah, they're on like one spaceship. side, ladies yeah. on the other side, on her chair. Like, yeah. I, I'm thinking the same thing. It's good. And that already started, actually. And it always fascinated me, Cam. I used to see those those machines are always full, and sometimes the tables wouldn't be. Like, uh, there's a lot of people, they don't want interaction. Their yeah. lives are beaten down. They don't want to talk. Like, the locals, they don't even want to talk to the dealer. They just want to gamble. They just want to hit the button and gamble. And I think you're, you're exactly right. I think we'll see a lot, lot more of that uh, right now, where, yeah, come in here, but it's not with a live dealer. Like, the less humans around, it sounds crazy, the better almost, but... It's you know, we're really in a new George Orwell type of uh, dystopian future here. Yeah, the thing I don't like about it though too is it's like the algorithm, right? So say me and you were there. Like when I play video blackjack, when Lisa's playing video poker and all the other games that T-Bones play, I find the dealers fill in way more with those electronic games. And when I don't see the cards, I'm thinking I get even more skeptical, but that's the wave of the future and that's where we're gonna go. And there's certain things you like to do with a dealer too. Like when I double down and have huge money out there, I'm like, keep the cards down and dirty, like little things that we have, little interactions. And you can't do that with electronic chick, but I hate to say it, there's a lot of lonely guys out there and those ladies look pretty real. So for somebody who wants to see like a, a really hot electronic woman, I think you ever notice a lot of greasy guys go to those uh, video dealers because they're very, like they're beautiful women. They're just in a computer. Yeah, it turns out, um, yeah, it turns out, you know, you figured that uh, the, the sex robots, yeah, it would be through the roof now, right, in the coronavirus. Yeah, talk about the sex robots. Yeah, I was so reading, though, yeah. people don't have money. They can't afford them. That's the problem. you got to get a cheaper for sex. A sex robot. Yeah, I they're like 3500 bucks or something. Yeah, <laughs> see, i got an idea for like a $1,000 sex robot. Maybe not all the frills, but somebody, like the economical sex robot, something. You might not have all the features, but... Uh, Companionship shouldn't cost thirty five hundred. Not attractive uh, robot like that. It's not my looks. Yeah, it's like it's what all I can afford. This is our nine hundred dollar robot. Enjoy. <laughs> all right. So um, these quarterback uh, odds we were talking about. We were talking about the Miami Dolphins and their win total at six uh, before, which is intriguing. Which is intriguing. Uh, who will the Dolphins starting quarterback be? Fitzpatrick is minus two seventy. Mm. Expected to stave off Tua. And you and I both thought there was value with two at Rookie of the Year at plus 800, as opposed to Joe Burrow at plus 250. And I'm in on that. And I think Isaiah Simmons in the same range, plus 800, plus 850 for Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's what I'm going to be betting on. But uh, who the Dolphins starter be? Fitzpatrick, minus 270. Tua, plus 200. You got to bet that. Josh Rosen, 25 to 1. That's not happening. I well, that, 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 well, you know what, Cam? Let's say two is not 100%. Fitzpatrick gets hurt. Maybe Rosen's worth a stab at 25 to 1. Just on one of those, yeah. he gets hurt. That's... Yeah, the old kind of Kurt Warner situation, right? Yeah, you know, Dak Prescott. Down. Remember, Tony, yeah. uh, Tony Romo went down, and then Kellen Moore went down. It wasn't like Dak was supposed to be the next guy up either. Yeah, you're, you're right. Those things could happen. But I got to believe with Miami and Tua and the things, the way he wants to prove. I'll, I'll, if you're giving me at him at plus money, I'd have to take it at two to one. If we like the bet at eight to one, I got to believe he starts. So I think that's a very good bet, actually. I think he could beat out Fitzpatrick. Uh, plus 200, it's worth a roll of the dice. 
I agree. Like, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that bet at plus 200. Um, the all right, Bears well, one. The Bears, the Bears one, I think, is ridiculous. Here's the thing. Nick Foles minus 150. Trubisky's plus 117. Yes, yes. Here's the thing. I don't like Mitchell Trubisky either, but the Bears invested all this time. Nick Foles came over and, you know, he gets hurt with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trubisky's got to give it one more kick at the can. I think he will start, but if he'll be on a short leash. Then, but the the bet only says, Gabe, will he start? So you're going to give me Trubisky at plus money. I'll take it. I would not be surprised if Foles came in, but Trubisky will start for the Chicago Bears. He has to. This is all or nothing. They got to think about picking up his option. Like, this is his year. If Trubisky is not, like, head and shoulders above what he's been, he's done as a quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I agree with your take here. I like this bet. Uh, You're right. You know, they bring in Nick Foles, but they still want Trubisky to be the guy. They traded up for him. I mean, they took the guy in second overall in the National Football League draft. They you know, they want the guy to succeed. He's shown flashes. I don't personally think he's as bad as people make him out to be, but he is incredibly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They didn't run him as much last year. They, you know, they just got to run him. He's not a great, like, pocket passer. He's got a good arm. He's got a strong arm, but he's not accurate. But if you just let him sort of run around and improvise, he can make plays for you. You got to surround him with more talent uh, as well. But listen, I'm not a, I, I don't, I don't want him as my quarterback. But I agree with your take. They bring in Nick Foles to be the savior. So basically, you can't start Nick Foles and then Nick Foles gets hurt and ooh, you, Trubisky comes in and has to be the savior. No, you give Trubisky another chance. Uh, you know that he's going to come in. He's going to be motivated with Nick Foles there. He should be ready and prepared to come in and have a nice camp, etc., and all that stuff. And then that way, if you're the Bears. If it doesn't work with Trubisky, finally, you go to Nick Foles. You're not going the other way around. I like your thinking on this, Cam. I agree with your take. Yeah. And I think I'd like a little bit more value, but I do agree. I think Mitch Trubisky will be the starting quarterback in week one. Doesn't mean yeah. I think he'll be the quarterback in week five, right? Doesn't, he might not be the quarterback in week three, week four. He'll be on a short. They'll, they won't have a lot of patience with him. I do believe that much, but I do think that he'll be the starter at a plus one. You know, I'd like a little bit more than 17 cents, but... It I'll is plus it. money, plus 117. Yeah, no, I, I think it's actually, I would have probably laid juice with him being the starter. So I don't mind the price. And another thing, you brought up a great point. You know what the problem with Trubisky, Gabe, is? He's in his own head now. His first year, he used to rush around, and then they told him not to. And you saw last year when he went to rush, very indecisive, and he got smoked a lot because he's like, ah, oh, he doesn't know. It's not like he's not running on his first instinct. There's too much information going on in his mind. He just has to slow things down and the remember call it was pretty bad too last yes, year. yes it was it was bizarre it was just it was. it was erratic you weren't putting him in a position to succeed he wasn't helping himself either though it's a problem is Mitch Trubisky the answer probably not but uh, to me he deserves one last chance and I think he gets it and I think he starts as well at plus 117 uh the Chargers are uh, listed uh, right now Tyrod Taylor minus 370 Herbert plus 260 and uh, the old hockey stick, Easton, Easton, <laughs> Easton hockey stick, Easton stick, 32 to one. And, you know, it won't be Easton stick. You know what I'm no. saying? Like Josh no. Rosen could start, actually, if Tua and Fitz were hurt. They would start Rosen. Easton stick wouldn't start. They would sign somebody else uh, if yeah. Tyrod and Herbert were both hurt somehow. But that seems a little high of Tyrod at minus 370. What do you what do you think about that? Does Herbert have a chance to win a starting job and start in week one? I plus 260, Herbert. I wouldn't. I don't think I like the bet either way. I, I wouldn't lay that much juice with Tyrod Taylor. I think he does start, but I think it should be more like he should be about a buck 80. Like you know what I mean? It's a that number is way out of whack. 
And I got to tell you, Gabe, you talked about Herbert slipping in the draft. I'm not sure if he's ready to be the starting quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. I think he has some work to do. Uh, eventually, if Tyrod Taylor doesn't play well, they'll put him in. But I think it's going to be kind of a, a wait and see thing like the Giants and Jones. Like eventually they waited for Eli Manning. OK, now Manning, it's been nice. We're bringing in Daniel Jones. I think that's the exact same situation. If Tyrod Taylor plays, they reach a level where this is all we're going to get from him. Let's take a shot with Herbert. But Herbert might not be ready to go, but I'm also not laying close to $4 with, uh, with Taylor. That's in absolutely insane. That's a bad bet. FanDuel have odds up for uh, Cam Newton. What, uh, what team will Cam Newton uh, be on? The New England Patriots are now minus 190. Wow. Minus 190. For Cam Newton, and this has been a big swing. I don't know, like if do you see this coming? Is Cam? I don't like that. that. The New England Patriots. I don't. I'm not sure if I think that's a. a The Jags make more sense at plus three hundred. I think so too. And another thing is, let's remember the Patriots. The Steelers plus seven fifty. See, that's interesting too. I think that that could be interesting. But think about this. You know, Gabe, they went out and got those two quarterbacks. The uh, uh, the Patriots did. Who's to say yeah, Cam yeah. Newton's going to be uh, the guy, right? It's Stidham, and it could be a couple other of those college kids. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I would not lay two dollars on Cam Newton going to the. Don't you think Bill Belichick would have already pulled the trigger on Cam Newton if they were going to get him? So I'm not sure if I like that bet. I'll st stick to my guns with Tua and Trubisky right now. Our boy, a sports rage fan, says not really a question, but I just want to comment that uh, Michigan had ten players drafted. Yep. Uh, not bad, considering Clemson, Florida, and Georgia only had seven. Now, different rounds and stuff like that, but we talked about it. You know, Harbaugh's done a nice job recruiting. Harbaugh's done a nice job getting kids to the National Football League. And he continues to recruit well, even though they can't beat Ohio State. But that's why it almost puts even more onus on him right now, that it's like, bro, look, you've got players. Right? Like, there's no excuse. You've got to, you know, he's got to do a better job coaching a team in, in Ann Arbor. That's just a fact. Bottom line is such, Gabe. He's had lots of chances. They have talent. I'm not going to take anything away from Ohio State, arguably. You know, next to Clemson, Alabama, you could say they're consistently one of the best programs in the United States. Look at the guys. And the guys that they got drafted high to, young Akuda in the top three. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow went to Ohio State before going to LSU, so that could be a, a trifecta right there. But you're right. Sorry. When you're there in Michigan, your job is to beat Ohio State. So we talked about this last year, and we said he was probably going to be the – it's one more kick at the can for your boy Harbaugh, Gabe, because you know what? You don't want to tell the alum and everything, well, we just can't beat these guys. You have to find a way to play your best game of the year against yeah. Ohio State. I'm sorry. You have and you to. can't let Ryan Day start a new level of dominance over exactly. you like Urban Meyer had. Because that was the whole thing. All right, Urban Meyer's gone now. It didn't matter. They still smoked uh, Michigan. And – Justin Fields is going to be a star. He already is a star. Great quarterback. Yep. Already projected to be the second pick next year in the draft after Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence yep. As if we look ahead right now, Trevor Lawrence is finally eligible to play the National Football League next year. Trevor Lawrence will be in the draft next year, but I assume we'll so will uh, Justin Fields, Ohio State uh, quarterback. So as far as Cam Newton is concerned, some of the other teams, uh, we talked about the Jags. The Steelers kind of make sense. Only just moving forward a little bit, but it's a lot of ego having Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger on the same team in the same room. Um, there's interesting odds up here for um, comeback player of the year. Uh, people don't often talk about this, but uh, who will the AP NFL comeback player of the year be? Ben Roethlisberger. We're just talking about him. So Big Ben's going to be back. What would you expect from Big Ben? Like, to me, bro, he's at the end of the line, this guy. He's been a warrior. He's tough as hell. One of the toughest guys ever to play in the National Football League. 
he's had, um, yeah, he's had numerous injuries and surgeries over the years. I don't know if he'll be able to get through a year. I kind of think he will, Gabe. It's one of those things, like, even when he didn't play, like, this guy's not a human being. And, and him not getting hit after getting hurt, it's kind of like, thank God. So he gets a little bit of time to revamp and, and, and get healthier. You're right. He is at the end of the line. But I would not be surprised if Ben Roethlisberger played this season and one more. I might actually give him two years. That's the type of guy he is. Uh, they got some weapons in Claypool and some other guys now. I kind of like what the Steelers are doing, uh, you know. And, uh, hey, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they're, they're getting better. But let's remember, they're lost to Tennessee in the playoffs. So Pittsburgh understands they have a short window. And I think Big Ben will be okay. Gronkowski, so Big Ben's plus 250 to be uh, the AP NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Rob Gronkowski is plus 300. Mm-hmm. J.J. Watts plus 500. No thanks. A.J. Green plus 600. Interesting. Uh, Nick Foles, six to one. Cam Newton, plus 750. Matthew Stafford, plus 750. I like Miles Garrett, 11 to one. Ooh, Antonio Brown, 20 to one. We forgot yeah. about old AP. Well, where's he playing? That's the thing. I'll yeah. tell you one thing, Gabe. He's I still like... suspended, or he has to apply for reinstatement. I kind of like A.J. Green because you're getting a good number, and you also have the consensus rookie of the year pick. So if Joe Burrow does well, some of those touchdowns might go to A.J. Green. Oh, that's a good point. I like your correlation there. Cam's He's always fire. hurt, though. It's hard. It's hard. You know, we're, it's very, we're bringing it. But Gronkowski, it won't be Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh, the list goes on. Andy Dalton, 33 to 1. C.J. Mosley, 33 to 1. Mm. Deshaun Jackson, 33 to 1. Joe Flacco, 30. Joe Flacco. <laughs> I Joe need Flacco. 3 million to 1, man. <laughs> and the backup quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts, Joe Flacco. <laughs> or Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco. I wouldn't even put him on the list, but anyway. T.Y. Hilton's 90 to 1. Well, if he stays healthy. I, can, yeah, I like where you're going, Pooch. You, Rivers? Yeah, a little Rivers Hilton? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, what about Philip Rivers? Yeah, we're Philip Rivers and come back. He's not, he's not on the list. I'm surprised. Yeah, Eli Manning. Manning. You got Eli Manning on the list. Pass. He's retired. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> he's coming out of retirement. Eli Manning, he's smart. You know, Joe Judge, he was like, yeah, yeah I'm getting away from this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game Time Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Shout out to my boy Cam Stewart, but we bring in Kevin Walsh uh, right now. Last uh, tango, uh, so to speak. We gave Kevin Walsh uh, some, uh, some homework uh, last week. We gave him an assignment uh, to get caught up uh, with the last dance, only because Kevin's such a LeBron uh, guy. So I'm, I'm very uh, curious to see uh, if his perception of Michael Jordan is changing at all uh, now that uh, he's learning more about him. And Listen, I thought I knew everything I, there was to know about Michael Jordan, but it's still fascinating uh, to uh, to see the behind-the-scenes interviews and honesty and forthrightness from all the parties involved, especially years after the fact. Uh, but we'll get into the last dance. Kevin, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, Gabe. Uh, it's you know we had we had a nice weekend. It felt very uh, normal, somewhat. You know, staying in and just watching the draft. It was like, yeah, this is kind of what I would be doing. On a, on a normal basis. So it was kind of, it was easy for me. Yeah, I'll tell you what, people like complain about staying inside all the time. They wouldn't complain if there were sports on. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, imagine if, like, people would be like, why? Nowhere to go. No, I'm forced to sit here and watch the NBA playoffs. Right? <laughs> like, people, like, wait, betting and stuff. Uh, but there will be a sense of normalcy. You're right. It was nice to have that sense of normalcy. That's what I liked about WrestleMania weekend. Right? Mm -hmm. It was just sort of a sense of normalcy. Everybody was watching the same thing as a collective. And uh, people were betting on it uh, as well. But the draft, very similar situation. The numbers were through the roof. 15 million people watched. Uh, the opening night, 8 million on Friday. Saturday did very well. We did very well here. SB Nation and uh, and Sports Grid numbers through the roof. People are starving for fresh content mm -hmm. and for a sense of normalcy in sports. And me and Cam talked about it earlier. There was a report that didn't really get as much um, as much of a pop as it should have because people are stupid. People will talk about stories that don't matter. <laughs> oh, NBA practice facilities. They'll go back May 1st. They're all closed. So what, the Atlanta Hawks and go practice for next year? Good for them. Um, you know, that wasn't a real story, but the real story is the NFL kind of is coming to the conclusion they know they're not kicking off as scheduled, so mm -hmm. to speak. Like the first week of September, I believe the date was September 10th, that first Thursday nighter. They know that's not happening, and it looks like their contingency plan is to kick off mid-October, which... You know, it doesn't really depress me. It shows that they're realistic and that they have a plan in place at least, or at least a plan number one, because I'm sure things will evolve. Well, this is the thing. And so and and for anybody that's been watching the sports card knows you've kind of been at the forefront in terms of coming to terms with what this is gonna mean for the sports world, like back in January, right? You know, and we'd be doing the shows with Scott Wetzel and he'd obviously shrug it off. I'm not throwing him under the bus. Everybody I told was people, remember yeah, back yeah, yeah. then, I said, oh, there's exactly, no fans yeah. at game soon. And I'm not throwing Scott on the bus. Most people were saying we're just completely shrugging the whole thing off. What, you know, as, as we look forward right in October and, it's, you know, some people think that it's too optimistic. I, to some degree, though, you see how this is all gone. And the fact that we couldn't even cross the threshold of April's end before people were like, yeah, open this bad boy back up. It does make me wonder what happens when we hit mid-June and people are like, all right, screw this. I'm not saying it's the right thing. We don't know where the world is going to be by that point, but there's just a part of me that wonders when the impatience really kicks in. And I think people, people, you know, it, it is kicking in. And they're going to have to understand the thing is there's going to be a second wave if you're not responsible about it. We're going to be right back to where we started, and it's going to be like two, three years of this crap. And we're not, none of us want that. Um, but a sense of normalcy really would just be leaks. Look, the UFC is coming up around the corner, right? Yeah. That's that's going to sort of be the next thing to really fill that void, uh, so to speak. You know, a bunch of fights to bet on, people following it all week. And the UFC is planning on having a bunch of cards, actually, in a row, uh, actually, uh, in May. We'll see if they're able to pull it off, but it, there's a better chance that this happens. Uh, we talked about it earlier. You better start sharpening your Korean baseball uh, skills there, Walsh. Because uh, <laughs> ESPN is going to broadcast the uh, Korean Baseball League. Listen, I, I, I was actually, because I, I watch a lot of YouTube, too, during the break, and I was watching someone play a Japanese uh, baseball video game. So I had MLB The Show, which is, the you know, the normal one. I was watching the Japanese one. I'm like, you know, you probably can learn a thing or two from here. So I, we'll adjust. We'll adapt. Yeah, yeah you, you, you adapt and adjust. Uh, you have to. That's the, yeah. that's, that's the world with, uh, that we're in uh, right now. All right, uh, so... Before we get into the last dance, let's jump into uh, the Philadelphia Eagles mm. and uh, and the NFC East a little bit uh, here. Um, their draft was surprising to a lot of people. They surprised people, not with the wide receiver, but the wide receiver that they took. 
uh, with their first pick. They surprised everybody by taking a quarterback with their second round uh, pick, including myself. Now, I'm not shocked they took a quarterback, but I was shocked that it was Jalen Hurts, and I was just more upset because I was convinced Jalen Hurts was going to get drafted over 62 and a half. Did not happen. I started to think I got a chance here as it was starting to climb, and uh, 53. Down goes Fraser. Down goes Fraser. <laughs> so let's start off uh, with the first pick uh, here with uh, with Ray Gork. Uh, comes in from uh, TCU. Were you flipping about? Uh, were you flipping out about that selection? So it, it really caught me off guard. And part of it is we're all somewhat prisoners of these mock drafts. And you couldn't read a mock draft that didn't pin Justin Jefferson to the Eagles. In fact, the only way you really could find that scenario playing out is if one of the other big three wide receivers, for no reason, the you know the person who was doing the mock draft tried to shake it up and let Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb fall, right? Which was obviously never going to happen. But so on, on first instinct, I was like, what are we doing, man? Are we trying to get cute? But as I, you know, I read up more on it, it seemingly was the right pick. And because of the speed and explosiveness that he can bring to the field, the thing for the Philadelphia Eagles is Deshaun Jackson was the perfect move for them last year. Opening game of uh, last year's season against the Redskins, eight catches, 157 yards, two touchdowns. After that game, I got into an argument that my brother still won't let me live down, that I said Deshaun Jackson will lead the league in touchdowns for all of last season. Now, luckily, the season ended. so he It's feels a good like thing I right. wasn't there for that argument. Shout out to Here's your brother. Thing. He won. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, I still stand firm, right? Because that kind of deep threat, Carson Wentz is very, very good at passing down the field. Yeah. If Deshaun Jackson, you can't rely on Deshaun Jackson as the only guy on your football team that can give you that skill set. That's why they got Rieger. Plus, he's very explosive. You can see what he was able to do as a punt returner slash kick returner. So he can take screens to the house as well. So I ultimately came all the way around on that pick, and, and I like it quite a bit. I like him, actually, too. And, you know, I find it, I always find it funny when people flip out about wide receivers taken. Oh, this guy instead of that guy. So what? Jefferson's a lock to succeed? You know what I mean? Denzel Mims fell, fell too far. Some people thought Mims might go to the Eagles, actually, even at some point. You know, he was flirting with being a late first-round pick. Yeah. I mean, think about it like this, right? If you're playing fantasy, would you rather Brandon Ayuk or Justin Jefferson? One of them's going to play for Kyle Shanahan. The other one's going to be a Minnesota Good Viking. Point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we can all talk Dude, about... Dude, I thought Laquan Treadwell was a can't miss. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Like, so I've been, you know, I'll be, I, I was wrong about him. I was like, man, this guy's unbelievable. The Lions should draft him after Calvin Johnson left. And we've seen he's had a hard time fitting into the National Football League. You know, the, pick, the thing with Jalen here is, and it was the Jalen factory, actually, right? Jalen and Jalen, the first two picks. <laughs> we had a filter on, apparently, when we're looking at prospects. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're stuck on Jay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't mind the pick either. As you mentioned, He's a dynamic player. You already have, like, Alshon Jeffrey's a big, big target already. Um, you know, not getting any younger, but a big target. And, you know, you mentioned it. This kid from TCU, you can do some reverses, some screens. He's very good after the catch. That's one thing. He's a playmaker. You know, he's only 5'11". He's not a big kid, but he's a playmaker and he's strong. But you throw that in with Miles Sanders... Um, I like I like the diversity here in the offense. Actually, I you know I, I don't have a problem. I really don't have a problem with the pick. I say let's wait a couple of years and, and we'll find out uh, which one of these kids was the right pick. But as far as Jalen Hurts is concerned, 
even the Hurts, after now that we've had time for this to settle in a little bit more, I guess I can see it and it makes a little bit more sense, but it caught me off guard when it happened. What was your take? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, when it happened. So uh, we were doing our coverage, right? The, the Cowboys picked at 51. So I, I came in, did the spot. We hit a break. And I was like, you guys want me to stick around? Because the Eagles were right down to 53. They're like, no, we're going we're gonna to move on. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. So I head upstairs, uh, I'm eating pizza. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. And mouth full uh, of, no! Just, I, because it didn't make any sense. In that moment, again, it's just the pure shock. I'm like, what's going on? And part of it, again, is I really wanted the kid Fulton, Christian Fulton out of LSU. Yeah, the yeah. And that right there completely floored me. And I didn't know what I, I kind of like started freaking out. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going back downstairs. I got to get on. And, and my dad was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go, go talk. And I'm like, wait a minute. What am I thinking here? Like there are people we're on to the next team already. And I'm just I'm just like pacing in the house. I'm trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Do they not like Carson Wentz and. I mean, yeah, like we can get back around to, you know, the feeling now. But in the moment, I, whew, my head was spinning. It clearly is, though. Like, I don't listen. If you think about it, it's not a bad pick. When you, when you actually, like, analyze, you kick back. You're like, he's a good football player. He can help your football team. Yet, that wasn't your, you know, that wasn't a need. And very similar to the Green Bay Packers were even, you know, crazier, I thought, actually. The Packers, that was another story. Let's draft a quarterback and a running back. Well, we, we have a star quarterback and a star running back already, right? The like wide receiver class we've ever seen. Yeah, we don't they, don't, they don't get any help for Devontae Adams. Like, come on. They didn't draft a single wide receiver, the Green Bay Packers. Sanity. Like, I, I don't know. They must just hate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They just must hate him. But the thing is, number one, they must not have confidence in Carson Wentz. This mm -hmm. is what they've come to. It's come, but I'm surprised that Jalen Hurts is the guy that they're ready to hand the reins off to if it's not Carson. That's the thing that surprises me. Like, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, let's say, in week one, week three. Oh, God. Jalen Hurts, is he your quarterback? And then if you say no, well, it's well, then, well, what the hell we take a second-round pick on this guy for? Mm -hmm. right? We use a second-round pick. He better be good. We better be, like, he better be able to play. He's a second-round pick. Yeah. And I don't know if he is. You know, and I like him. I do mm -hmm. like him. And I don't think he's a big bust or he's going to be a failure, but... He has a hard time reading defenses. He's very reactionary. He makes bad decisions. He turns the ball over a lot. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not as, like, slick as Kyler is. Like, Kyler is smart enough to know, I got to run out of bounds. I got to throw the ball away, right? Jalen Hurts doesn't think like that. Jalen Hurts right. just, like, tries to run linebackers over and stuff. And he can in the Big 12, but it won't work yeah. in the NFL. So, like, he's kind of raw, but I don't hate the pick. But I don't know. It's still a strange pick, even though we've had time to digest it. Yes, it's it's really weird too because I like you. I really like Jalen Hurts. I was very excited to see where he would land and and be ready to root for him and hope yeah, he makes it. I'm just right a big bet on over well, 62 and a half. Here's so. the thing: I don't know how you because I personally would still be pissed off about it because entering the draft he wasn't supposed to get go ahead of either Eason or Fromm for the most part, and those two didn't go until the you know 110s 160. You guys took Fromm yeah, from as was the Buffalo Bills six round pick. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So it was just Jalen Hurts going off the board where he did. The, the, the interesting thing is, and the more, again, I've tried to digest the pick, is, is something about a philosophy, and it's I swear it is not something I've concocted to try and justify an Eagles maneuver. But it is the idea that we never value the backup quarterback position in a league where we all know quarterback is by far the most important thing. Yeah, the idea yeah. that you could have a 53-man roster 
and put your entire season on the line on one player and say, if we remove the one player, well, the whole thing's the whole That's thing. always been, we talked about that with the Dallas Cowboys, in which they, you know, I thought Hurts would have been a nice fit for them, actually. But yeah. exactly, like over the years, like Cooper Rush, really? That's your I, guy? Like he's going to save your season, huh, guys? Like if that goes down? That's, you know and that's I mean? like, these like, teams, you're right. Like they, you have to have a good backup quarterback. Yeah, and, and I think this is the thing, right? It, you know, as much as I defend Carson Wentz, and I think that his injuries, it's its a lot more bad injury luck than being an injury-prone yes. player. Nevertheless, he's still getting hurt. He played all 16 and then gets hurt in the, play, you know, the postseason game. But the Eagles should acknowledge that and say, you know what? We should be valuing our backup quarterback position. For the love of God, we're the team that won a Super Bowl because we valued our backup quarterback position. And then the next year won a playoff game because we valued our backup quarterback position. And the other thing that I saw that kind of put this pick somewhat over the top for me is trying to actually appropriately value a backup quarterback in this league. Chase Daniels is making about over $4 million this year to play for the Lions. And we all know Chase Daniels, who was once an Eagles backup quarterback, is not good, is not coming in and helping anybody's season in any regard, and also has no value to you unless Matt Stafford comes down. Jalen Hurts is going to be making under $800,000 as the backup, we'll get to learn no pressure at all because we know Wentz is the guy, but the Eagles can be creative because they are a forward-thinking football team, and they will throw a couple packages out there where there's two guys on the field, and Jalen Hurts isn't putting, you know, Drew Brees and Wentz on the field. It, it is. It's a more of a Taysom Hill type of guy, and I think that that can have some value if used appropriately. And, and also, there's nothing wrong with having a winner. That's why I like the Jake Fromm, the Buffalo yep. pick. Jake Fromm's not going to play. It's going to be Josh Allen. But the thing is, I brought up the comparison to Jim Kelly. We're going back a ways, but Frank Reich. You know, Frank Reich, one of the smarter minds in football, was was a backup quarterback to Jim Kelly. And you have that smart sort of thinker that can help the dumb jock quarterback guy with the arm, right? Mm -hmm. And meetings and just sort of, hey, look at this. And, you know, you could have tweaked here. And this is what I see, right? When Allen walks off the field, Fromm's an incredibly smart kid. So Fromm can tell him, you know, over the years as he gets smarter, this is what I'm seeing out here. And, and you know, the Buffalo Bills said after they weren't planning on taking Jake Fromm. That wasn't the plan. But basically that he was still there, they had to. And, and, and it was Brian Dable, who was the offensive coordinator of Alabama right. before, who said, I was in the SEC with this kid. Mm-hmm. He's a smart kid. Like, they all know each other in the SEC, obviously. And he said, this kid is a really, really smart quarterback. They said he's really smart. He'll be good in practices for us and in the room for Josh. And that's why they drafted him. And that's the thing, right? Fromm will just come in and he'll fit. He'll understand the situation. But you can even relate to this last year. In Buffalo, the Bills had the Patriots. And then Josh Allen goes out, dirty hit, leaves the game. Matt Barkley comes in, Right. Matt Barkley was a disaster. Is he better than Jake Fromm? As it currently stands, maybe, probably. I don't know. But in a couple of years from now, if Fromm remains there, you know, that becomes a situation where maybe it goes a different way. And you know how important that game was for Buffalo. That could have been the difference between them being yeah. a wild card team going them to getting Houston. getting the division, yeah. Right, exactly. So that's kind of one of the things as well to, to me when it comes to this. I, I just think valuing the backup quarterback position is not something I'm going to be angry about. I saw someone say last year Jalen Hurts beats the Seahawks in the postseason. I don't know if that's true, but at least I know there's some potential to the idea because Josh McCown, who then tore his hamstring in the game, had no chance. One of the quarterback situations, and we got to get out of here, but we'll continue the conversation on the other side, is I like the Jacob Eason pickup 
uh, by the Indianapolis Colts. Just sort of the perfect situation to wait behind Phillip Rivers right now. Game time as soon as it continues. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gable Brenson. We're throwing it down with Kevin Walsh uh, right now. SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. Bring it. Sports Grid at sportsgrid.com. We're talking NFL draft. We're getting the last dance uh, documentary with uh, Walsh. Uh, but talking about the NFC East, um, you know, coming into the draft, it was a competitive division to begin with between the Cowboys and Eagles at, yeah. at the top of the ladder the Redskins are in rebuild mode and the Giants are sort of in between uh right now but this New York uh giant football teams they're not far off like you know for for a team you know that didn't win a lot of football games last year they were really poorly coached they were there was a lot of just sort of negative energy around the football team the way they you know the Eli Manning stuff was hanging around they're not going to have that anymore they have a new coach coming in to me like you know the roster the skill position players are good, Kevin. You know, you follow this team. You live in New York, even though you're an Eagle mm-hmm. fan. You know, the wide receivers are good. Saquon's a stud. Yeah. Uh, I think Dan, uh, Daniel Jones has a lot of upside and potential. Um, the offensive line, they drafted the, uh, the Hernandez kid last year, the big kid. Now you get another kid in, in, uh, in Andrew Thomas, another monster of a man uh, to, to get in here. Uh, six foot five, uh, 315. Uh, Xavier McKinney. What, what can you Steel. say? You know what I mean? They need help in a second. Look at that. Look at what they have in the secondary now back there. Baker from last year, who I'm not ready to bury. Uh, Jabril Peppers, hybrid player. Boom. Xavier McKinney. The Giants' level of talent. And they signed Bradbury. Yes, sir. From Carolina. Yeah. Like the level of talent, they've got, they're, 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 they're putting together a team right now. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, you know, the one of the other picks that's quiet, but I think it really could pay off for them in the long run was the UConn kid, Pert. Oh, the we offensive can't lineman that they yeah, 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 because yeah. as because the the book on him is the the athleticism the frame it's all there he just needs to sharpen up the technique and he could end up being one of the steals of the draft and he and gets to come Lemire in kid, even the Lemire kid that they got later sure. to play Shane Lemire for the record the first ever person named Lemire to get drafted in National Football League history of course there's the great Mario Lemieux. It's a lot of a lot, a lot of hockey players. Claude Lemieux, Mario Lemieux. It's a big name in Quebec, right? But uh, yeah, Shane Lemieux. Crosby, right? I saw you. Uh, yeah, isn't that, that isn't that crazy that there was a guy named Crosby on the Ducks and they lined up on the old line next to each other? It's wild how stuff like that works out. But you basically get these guys to come in. Everyone thinks this could be Nate Solders last year in New York. Well, they all get to learn from him for a year which is incredibly valuable because he's been around this league for a long time, won Super Bowls, you know, competed at the highest level and is certainly someone that knows the position very well. So I think the Giants are set up in a nice spot to really contend and they could certainly capitalize if anything goes wrong with the uh, the Eagles or the Cowboys at the top. Like they're, they're much better than kind of where you would expect them to be considering maybe the vibe around the team. or They're two years away. Not mm-hmm. this year, 
the next year probably, and then Judge's third year. Jones's fourth year in the league type thing. Yeah. They're, you know what I mean? Not this year, but they're getting there. You know what I mean? Like they, and Joe Judge is the X factor here, right? We don't know what he's going to bring to the table, okay. but we know he's going to be intense. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that much. And this is the thing, you know, I didn't, again, I didn't like the Joe Judge. Personally, I didn't like a single head coach signing because Eric Bieniemy was the best available, and all of these idiots let him sit there and stay the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl winning Chiefs. So to me, all of the hires, for the most part, were pretty much terrible. Um, with that being said, I think you know, it seems like Joe Judge. Um, was equal partners with Dave Gettleman in an offseason that I've routinely applauded, including their draft process pre and throughout. So, you know, again, like I'm not going to sit here and rip Joe Judge if it looks, no, like so far he's doing a fine job. I would have hired someone else, but he's doing a fine job. And he's a young guy too. They better give him a leash. Like it can't be a situation where, oh, I need instant results. He should be the coach of this team for the next five years and you live with the results. Um, let's get into the Dallas Cowboys uh, right now. Jerry Jones gets criticized often, and I've, I've been critical of him for some of the decisions that he makes and yeah. the uncertainty and the chaos, the drama. You know, like the Doc Prescott stuff now. Just freaking sign him. Get it over with. Like, what are you guys doing? You know what I mean? You know you're going to sign him, so what are you doing? Right? He's making like, it worse on himself. Yeah, exactly. He's making it worse now on himself. Now he gives him C.D. Lamb. He's going to end up making Doc the highest-paid quarterback or yes. he's going to leave. It's There's funny no you say that because, exactly, the longer he waits, the more money it's costing him. Or he's not going to be there. So it's one or the other. It's not 31 anymore. It's going to end up being 35. Like, it's just sort of, it's like, all right, you want to wait here. You want the drama. Fine. Go ahead. But one thing you can't be critical of them, they do draft well. Yeah, they like, do. They do. You know what I mean? Like, for all the, the craziness and stuff, when it comes down to it, they do draft well. And hard not to like their draft. Now, to me, C.D. Lamb wasn't like a big need for them, right? So it was one of those deals. They need, you know, to me, they needed a, a defensive back. But as they figured, listen, we'll get it, you know, we don't see the guy right now. We'll get the guy after. And they did end up getting with Diggs after. Uh, but hard to, like, say, oh, C.D. Lamb doesn't help them. The guy's a speed burner. He's a great player. He's another dynamic threat. They lost Cobb. So I don't have a problem with it. Trayvon Diggs is a nice pick. Uh, the Galmore's a nice pick. Uh, Reggie Robinson, you go down the list, actually, and you know, pretty pretty strong, solid. Like, they went with the flash with C.D. Lamb, which is so Dallas thing to do. But after that, they actually went meat and potatoes and they got their work done. Look, they got a lot of, they got a lot of good players in this draft. Even Biotish, the Wisconsin center, possibly coming in for Travis Frederick, could end up being one of the steals of the draft. And it would make me sick because the Eagles were the ones that traded with the Cowboys for them to come up and take Biotish. So, all in all, look, yeah, they had a very nice draft. The one thing I will say is, last year, the top eight offenses by DVOA in football all made the playoffs, except for the Dallas Cowboys, who had the number two offense by DVOA. Number two, top eight all made it except for them. Bringing in C.D. Lamb sure can bring up the offensive floor, can you know elevate Dak's numbers, but that is a football team last year that couldn't beat good teams. Point no. blank, period. So unless their schedule's a lot softer, they this couldn't year. convert on third down either. That was a big problem for them. And I'd be there'd be times they'd have Zeke Elliott running down the field. Like that's the thing. I know, I know, but it does help them. It does. Like of I think CD Lamb can help. Them. Yeah, it does. But um, I hear where you're going with that. I was a little baffled by it, but they ended up getting digs after anyways. So yeah, which yeah, you know, it's which hard some, to criticize the big mm -hmm. picture when it's all said and done. The Cowboys draft.
Right. Some people could even argue, right, that maybe Diggs could have been the pick at 17. I think they maybe even flirted with the idea because they never expected CeeDee Lamb to be there. I think more so my pushback is it was a great draft. They've got a really nice roster. But I've seen some conversation that they've completely separated themselves from the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, God. Which no. is complete nonsense. They didn't They're even the win the exact same last team. Year. They're the same. Exactly. So, that, and, that, and that's my pushback point. No, I, I still have the Eagles as a team to beat uh, in yeah. this division. Uh, all right, quickly on the Washington Redskins. This is a team in rebuilding mode. Um, they went LSU heavy, actually. So, you know, they, they, they went pedigree. You got Chase Young, Ohio State. Uh, Gibson was a player not a lot of people talked about, but he's a good running back out of Memphis. You know, clearly Geis hasn't shown that he can stay on a football field. Yeah. And, and AP's not getting any younger. Uh, they bring in Charles, the offensive lineman. Uh, big kid, six foot four, three twenty. Another, uh, another, um, another LSU tiger. Uh, you know, they're they they went LSU if they could. They could bring in a Michigan Wolverine, uh, Arkansas. You notice very very pedigree program draft for the Redskins. Yeah, I think the the thing is, I'm starting to feel a little bit bad for Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to end up getting this Josh Rosen end of the stick here. They trade Trent Williams. There's no yeah. tackle replacement imminent. They didn't really get one in the draft. And it's not like they're starting left tackle. What do you say? Trevor Lawrence is going to be their quarterback next year. I, I think that they're very open to the idea of Trevor Lawrence being their quarterback next year. But the problem is, get in line. There's like five to seven teams that would like for Trevor Lawrence and or Justin Fields to be their quarterback next year. You know, again, and Haskins doesn't have great weapons to work with either. Like Gibson, as much yeah, as I too think. Too soon to throw Haskins out of the bus like everybody wants to. Right. And, and the thing is, though, it's like, even at the, I think at the end of this season, right, it'll be tough for me to justify, oh, there's no way this kid has it because the situation is not one that, like, compare his weaponry to what Daniel Jones has. And, and, it's, and they're different planets. Kevin Walsh kicking it with us on game time decisions. All right, uh, Kevin. So let's get into the last dance a little bit uh, right now. It's a fascinating documentary. Yeah. Um, you know, is it dragged out a little bit too much? Yeah. You know, the episode's one, and all you got to wait a week and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, hey, they got nothing else to put on, so I understand sure. why they're doing it. But it's lived up to the hype. It's great. Like, you know, I what I like about it, it's just great memory lane, you know, for me. Like, I go back. I remember where I was on those nights. I'm like, man, I remember when he hit that shot against the Cavaliers. I was living in a dumpy apartment. <laughs> like, you know, I'd be <laughs> like, oh, I remember that night. I was in a strip club that night they won yeah, yeah. against Seattle. And, like, the Laker game, I totally remember that series when he finally won for the first time. So the memories and just, you know, the timeline is fascinating uh, for me. But the footage is unbelievable. So yeah. um, you're a big LeBron guy. Sure. So now you're getting a real history lesson. So you're not going to get a better history lesson sort of behind the scenes of, of the, the legend that is Michael Jordan and that Chicago Bulls team. What's your take so far? Man, one of the the funny things about it is listening to the way people described Michael before he won the first title and how eerily similar it is to the conversation around LeBron. And I don't want to make this whole thing a comparison, but the idea, like Michael was quite obviously the best player in the league for at that point, three to four years, if not more. And people are like, ah, great player scoring titles, but you know, come on, he can't win the big one. And it's like, Wow, like what you know, and I it think took the other six thing, years to win. It took a while. Yeah, I mean, it, those it doesn't come like this. Like you know what I mean? They don't just hand those things out. And I also think too, you know, coming out of episodes one and two, I thought people were really hard on Jerry Krause. But the more you watch this, like 
The ability, I mean, look, and I understand why, but like making Phil the head coach, getting Pib, like, you know, obviously listening to his guys and get Robin to come in, like all in all, like, I don't know, I think Jerry Krause had a large part of what was the greatest, you know, dynasty certainly of that era. No, he really did. And I, it bothered him that he wasn't getting the credit for it, I guess. Right? That was the biggest oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he, was, he wasn't getting the credit for it. You know what you know, threw me off, actually, was interesting. Like, you, I would imagine, Kevin, when you think, if I asked you, like, a network, NBA, what network do you think of? I guess TNT. TNT, now. right? Yeah, TNT yeah. and ABC. You know what I mean? I know ABC yeah. has it, you know, the playoff, the championship. But it was interesting. For me, people think of, like, Michael Jordan and, and the glory days of the NBA and stuff. It's the NBC days. Hannah Storm, Peter Vesey, Ahmad Rashad, and right. the music, right? Right, like that mm-hmm. was NBC. And it was interesting because I remember I saw that the highlight of the Pistons beating the Bulls, and it was CBS. And I was like, man, yeah, CBS. And I've never crazy. seen a basketball game on CBS. That's what I'm NBA. saying, right? You've never seen an NBA game in your life on CBS before. They used to be. That was it. Was them, and I yeah. was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Jordan never won on CBS." And think about that for NBC. The timing for them. Jordan won. That run started in NBC's second year. So that's why, like, it sticks out so much. All those championships um, were were on uh, were on NBC. But the um, the Jerry Crow stuff is crazy, isn't it? Like just how hell bent he was on breaking things up all the time, and. The openness yeah. that yeah. they hated him. And you see, basically, even Jordan, they're like, Scotty Pippen went from getting run over by him to basically mm-hmm. threatening to kill him every night. Like, they're on the bus, yeah. and they were like, it's awkward now. Like, yeah, Phil yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah. told Scotty, listen, you can't call him a fat little piece of crap like this every day in front of everybody. Like, it's causing yeah. problems with everybody. <laughs> I, I think one of the things with this documentary as a whole is there are three to five moments every episode, every hour, where you would go, man, imagine Twitter today when that happened. Like, and there's there's small moments. Yeah, what did you think about them not shaking hands, actually? The whole, the handshake stuff. (laughs) It was, was, I mean, it was one of See, Jordan hasn't forgiven him after all these years. Clearly, clearly. And it's it's easy to understand why, because they were going out there, they're beating him up, and then he was still shaking their hands after getting bounced in the conference finals, right? Now, the Pistons somewhat were obviously bothered by how the Boston Celtics handled it at one point with the you know, kind of the Pistons, and, and when they pass them on, I mean, it's it, it does sound all so petty. Um, yeah, but the Pistons you know, were such jerks. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they're, they, like, they're, they're pushing people and tripping people, and then they get upset after when people are upset at them, right? Like, the, the bad yeah. boys were really annoying. It's funny, like, people have this great fond memory. Oh, I remember the bad boys. They were annoying, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they let the the league let them get bullied. Like the the Pistons bullied people for a couple of years before people realized you got to fight back. And I remember the only reason the Pistons sort of went they got old fast. The Pistons they weren't really young, right? Yeah. They sort of they had Rodman thrown in there, but Lambeer was old. Mark McGuire was wasn't young. Um, uh, Joe Dumars. You go down the list. There are a lot of older guys on that team. I remember when the Bulls beat them. It was like the end of the line for the Pistons, and it was interesting. You heard Isaiah Thomas say it was over for us. Oh yeah, and and they obviously knew the the, the time had come. And I, but there's some like imagine if today, 
even even someone as small as Kyle Kuzma was just missing for for four days, just gone. And there's photos of him out out in Vegas nightclubs, and we're like, the Lakers just played two days ago. Like, could you imagine just how people would be? The most, reacting? the only thing we have to that is when uh, <laughs> when Johnny Manziel went to Vegas with yes. the disguise. Yes, 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 yes. That was great. What an idiot! He really liked the Inspector Gadget with the mustache gimmick. What, what, what an idiot! I'm imagining if anyone's gonna break social distancing rules, it'd be Manziel. I'm surprised he hasn't had a football camp or party yet. <laughs> He probably has. It's just people don't care anymore. I Man, Manziel was the first. I tell you what, though. I think Canadians should appreciate Manziel because he's part of the reason people realized that the CFL wasn't a joke. Because he went there, and a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to dominate. And then he couldn't even remotely cut it in the league. Couldn't He didn't even come close. No, you're right. It's a good point. People realize, yeah, it's not, not a joke league, this league. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Manziel was a pick machine in the CFL. He was like people, like the word was out. He doesn't have arm strength. And yeah. people knew. They were like, just sit on the ball, wait till he throws it, and you'll be able to j- jump in front of it. You'll be able to, like, to anticipate it. And they did. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. last very long. Like, they sold more jerseys than he did touchdown passes. Like, he had, like... <laughs> no, no, like, times. Oh, I it, mean, was all, it was all hype for a couple Johnny of... Johnny uh, football. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, Kevin, it's always a pleasure, my man. We'll speak. Uh, we'll speak later in the week or next week. Hopefully, uh, we get a sense of normalcy back. Always a pleasure, my man. Yeah, appreciate it, Gabe. A lot of fun. I look forward to the next one. There's Kevin Walsh uh, with us. Don't forget, you can catch us right here on SB Nation Radio weekdays at 6 o'clock, following the legendary Scotty Perel going coast to coast. Other than that, you're on your own. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.